And we are back on Buff Up, the Buffalo Women's Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining me on your weekend. I am recording a late night session. I am getting ready to get back home. And uh, just had to visit my first home in Florida. Having a blast. It's been a blast. Had a ton of fun with a bunch of family. I was in Halloween Horror Nights for two nights. And you can imagine how that went. First night was amazing. Um, and on a really good note. <laughs> and the second night, man, let me tell you, we had a power through guys. I had I literally had to do two nights just to get the, all the haunted houses done. It was, ter- it was terrifying, it was super fun. Yeah, I definitely went to Harry Potter. Uh, for anyone who's a fan of theme parks, I was at Universal Studio and I went to get some magic kingdom action um, It was a good time. Um, but guys, we're here to talk about this, right? And let me tell you, go around Disney one time. We're into at least 10 to 20 Bills fans, at the least. And um, it was really neat to see everyone's camaraderie. Uh, just would stop at a bar, uh, had some sushi, and here comes a Bills fan. Would stop at a ride, just kind of looked around, there's another Bills fan. <laughs> and everyone's just high-fiving each other. Um, from all walks of life, everyone's just a Bills fan nowadays. It's so crazy. Uh, it was not like that uh, growing up think it whenever you found someone you just felt like there was a deep <laughs> you know love for each other and and whatnot but um and connection but you know seeing people who are bills fans now it <laughs> just kind of feels like they're coming out of the closet about it uh, you never you look like they look like they never were a bills fan type deal um but it, it's cool you know th- this is a time and where everyone's understanding that football was built right I start off this podcast talking about you know football was built on teams that, quite frankly, you know, came from cities that were, from people that just worked, you know, just these blue-collar cities, right? Cleveland's still around, Buffalo's still around, Detroit's still around, plenty of teams from these cornerstone cities, Pittsburgh, um, we can go on and on. It's just, it's just not been very lucky for these teams in these cities to have a great quarterback. And Buffalo is one of those cities where, we finally lucked out after being known about Jim Kelly for over three decades. We are officially, unmistakingly, seriously in the Josh Allen era. Um, there's no other way to put it. We're experiencing something that no other franchise has really experienced as far as what talent he brings and, and, and the unpredictability on the way he is. Number one, he's great off the field. Let's start off with that. When you talk about being part of the community, when you talk about responding rather than just reacting, you know, it's crazy. Like, you can't paint a better picture as a quarterback for the city of Buffalo um, and the champion, the team. You know, it's, it's, it's so cool to see how things have been turning out, especially after this last win. Um... It just feels like there was, the nail is finally put in, into the wall with this poster of, you know, he's here to stay. Um, Josh Allen is going to affect the NFL for the next 15 years. <laughs> um, it's just how it feels. Obviously, we, we want him to take less hits, but let me tell you, man, we've been talking about that for ages. 
you just, you, you can't, you almost can't tell someone or a player, hey, you've been having an amazing amount of success in this league. Now, I want you to play completely different. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the era of Josh Allen, and he is going to do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> and the coaches are going to try to limit him as much as they can. And look, a lot of what he was doing was based off of the flow of the game. Last season, you saw a less foot-happy Josh Allen until we finally went up against Tampa. And once we went up against Tampa, Cat was out of the bag, Dayball said, screw it, nothing else is working, run the ball, kid. And that's what opened up the game. That's almost basically why why the Bills should have beaten uh, Tampa Bay going in overtime last year. And you saw in, in this latest win in the, in the season opener against the Rams that Josh Allen is going to play every single week and every single minute like Josh Allen. And we're going to be on the edge of our seat. And it's going to be really annoying that he's taking on these 230-pound Six foot four linebackers, and he's literally jumping over Bobby Wagner to score a touchdown. I don't even know what else to say. And that's it. I mean, we are in this Mahomes Allen era, and everyone's saying, oh, it's going to take one good hit and everything's going to change. Maybe. <clears throat> um, you know, it, but we're on the wave right now. And here's the thing. You look back at Brady. Tore his ACL, he came back. Basically, the league changed the way they officiated the game because of Tom Brady tearing his ACL against Kansas City. Little did anyone ever believe that Tom Brady was still going to be playing at an elite level in the NFL at the age of 45. The NFL and its players are very unpredictable. Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey could not hold back Josh Allen. We can talk about Stephon Diggs. We can talk about Gabe Davis. We will get there, but (laughs) the reality of what we saw in this last opener, Josh Allen is looking to take over however he needs to and however he has to, with his arm, with his physicality, in the run game, you name it. This is basically what college football quarterbacks hope for, but don't exactly have the intangibles and physicality to do it. The last thing we saw anything close to the kind of physicality that a quarterback could take in the NFL to Josh Allen was Tim Tebow. But he could not figure out his arm and his accuracy. (laughs) And uh, people still believed in him. That's why everyone is so enamored and, and, and just dumbstruck by what Josh Allen is doing with his size and the way he's going about it. Now, I want to, I want to switch gears here. Um, Obviously getting off this Josh Allen tirade and whatever, but um, because I've been on the other side saying, man, like the run game needs to eventually figure itself out. But, you know, it, it, it's one of those things we're starting to realize, guys. Unless James Cook 
can start cooking, nothing's really going to change, and we're just going to see six to ten carries from Singletary to win the game out of the running game. Um, something has to drastically happen to where a running back basically becomes Thurman Thomas for this offense to choose to switch gears on running the football. They want to throw the ball. Even when Josh Allen is, you know, throwing interceptions here, there, you name it, right? (laughs) They trust him. You look back at Brett Favre. Brett Favre, early in his career, even when he was having some success, Green Bay just literally said, screw it. We're going to live and die by your arm and by the way you play, and we believe you're going to take us to the promised land. That's literally what I think they feel about Josh Allen. So now the question is, what is the next level for this offense? I think it's Gabriel Davis. I don't see anything else that pops out from this offense that can take it to the next level. We know the spice right, that you get out of a guy in Isaiah McKenzie. We saw a little spark from Jamison Crowder. I just think I still think that takes it's going to take a little time. He started to figure him out, um, even after the pick. But I say Gabriel Davis because, let's be real. Gabriel Davis, it <laughs> would have almost been labeled a superstar if he not only would have gotten that first touchdown we saw, but that deep pass. If he would have shook off that cornerback and ran it in. Touchdown. Bomb. It, that's that's what you expect out of your big-time receiver. And this is what I was talking about before the season started. The Bills basically have to look at Gabriel Davis now as the transition out of Stephon Diggs. God forbid, <laughs> you know, Diggs um, goes down, or something happens to where his career just you know, cut short, we have nobody prepared to fill that role right now, except for Gabriel Davis. We can't expect another first round pick and whatever to go with a package to get another superstar wide receiver. It's just not realistic right now for the Bills in the next couple of years to do that. Everyone wants to keep their guy. The Bills got their guy. They saw that coming and he blends perfectly. Stephon Diggs with Josh Allen. Um, But I am saying for this offense, to get to that, whatever next level it is, to just absolutely polarize a team like a Chiefs, that in the future, maybe they run it. I'm just saying, like, that next level for the Bills is, they, they can beat the Chiefs this year. I don't, I don't have, I have complete confidence in beating anybody this year. I have, I literally have them as a Super Bowl winner this year, especially after the way, after the way they open. But I'm saying, let's hypothetically say, somehow Mahomes gets a Tyreek Hill-esque player, again, okay, then the Bills' only way of competing against a team like that will be with a dual-threat superstar receivers offensive-led team. <laughs> like, and, and I'm saying, like, I say Gabriel Davis because I don't think that Dawson Knox will be that superstar like a Travis Kelsey. I think he's going to be great, but I haven't seen enough out of him. Um, It's going to take a lot of time for him. I think he's great. I think we resigned him. I think it's awesome, but there's still a lot to be said. Gabriel Davis has a four-touchdown playoff game. He 
came out of the gate in this season after that outing in the playoffs with a touchdown and sold it beautifully and then opened up the offense when they needed it most and Josh Allen cracks open, <laughs> I call them cold ones, you know, uh, cracks open a cold one deep and just, bam, you know, glass shatters Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, those type of plays. That's what the Bills consistently need in order to stay up top as that top dog. Um, now, shifting gears here from the offense, let's talk about the defense, right? Now, we have the what almost feels like the Achilles heel of the Bills, which is very odd um, that it's happening on the interior defensive line. I would assume this would have probably popped up on the on the secondary based off of how much continuity they still need to build um, and familiarity with each other with these young guys. And <laughs> what you have is the interior defensive line having some issues right now with injuries. So right now we got Ed Oliver and Tim Settle um, both dealing with ankle and groin injuries. So I'm, I'm more concerned about Ed Oliver right now because this was a season that everyone's expecting him to really help um, lead and especially with Daquan Jones and Tim Settle, brand new to the team, he needs to be healthy. <laughs> Ed Oliver is an absolute monster, and defenses are terrified of him. They will collapse the pocket quickly, and <laughs> you already see Jordan Phillips getting loose back in Buffalo, and it's so awesome to see that. But I don't anticipate it being a good idea to give Jordan Phillips too many reps. I think this rotation is really, really helping him um, get back in the swing of things. So this this is not very good to start off the season this way. Groin injuries are very tender. Ankle injuries can be nagging the entire year. Um, now, if we're going to talk about this week with the Titans on Monday night, quite frankly, I think they could be ready. If anything, at least one of them in Ed Oliver can be ready and they can kind of rest Tim Settle. But you kind of feel like you want both of them just for the Derrick Henry effect. I mean, you know how the Tennessee Titans like to play Buffalo. And also, this is interesting. When's the last time Buffalo played Tennessee at Buffalo? I don't remember. It's been ages. Every time Buffalo faces Tennessee, they go to Tennessee. And it is the most annoying thing in the world. So, um, yeah, I, I want I want all the cannons available. <laughs> I want all the ammo, ammunition available. Every single man on deck for this game. They need to be punished <laughs> for the way they've gotten the way they've gotten away uh, with uh, you know putting the bills on a billboard, so to speak, and uh, being that team that kind of just unseated them last year at taking that number one seed. Bills win that game. They potentially are the number one seed, if not guaranteed the number one seed last year. Uh, now they don't have Landry, so it's going to be interesting to see how they cover the inside. I see I see this game turning out in the Bills' favor very quickly if they can attack the inside, which we're going to talk about the game more. But um, talking about how to really stifle the Titans and really embarrass them. You get to Henry quick and you let him know with physicality, you ain't going to do S H I T this whole game. 
against us. And you're going to have to rely on Ryan Tannehill to throw that football around. Which, they do not have any weapons unless they just start emerging middle of the game and trailing Burks. Which we know, he was a highly graded wide receiver coming out of the draft out of Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. And everyone was on him. They traded away A.J. Brown. They couldn't afford him or didn't want to. Not sure exactly what kind of transpired there. But in their plans, it seems as though (laughs) it's just puzzling to me. You let go of A.J. Brown, trade him to Philadelphia. And now he's potentially going to help Jalen Ertz resurrect his career. And then you draft Malik Willis which then causes all kinds of chaos in your quarterback room. And it becomes dysfunctional because Ryan Tannehill has basically said that he doesn't give an F about this guy. And he can learn from me if he wants to learn from me, but he's not my priority. Um, I'm going to say this, and I'm gonna, I said it last week. Ryan Tannehill has the most punchable face in the NFL. And it has become a trend since I have said this. Everyone on Rumblings is saying this now. It's hilarious. A lot of Bills fans are saying this now. But yeah, um, Ryan Tannehill is a glorified backup. If there ever was one, it is Ryan Tannehill. I want Ryan Tannehill to be the guy that has to make the play in this game because I want him to be exposed for the fraud he is as a backup quarterback who has been literally glorified and you're seeing it already (laughs) they lost to the Giants okay they lost to the New York football Giants and Brian Dable's first game (laughs) at coaching that team could they have won it with the field goal yeah whatever they lost and a lot of that falls on the quarterback's shoulders from not being able to get plays done and get the ball down the field when you need it and you're you're starting to see, look, they get rid of A.J. Brown, pressure is on you, Tannehill. We have plans as an organization to do things differently, right? As far as our methodology goes with our offense, our scheme, we don't need A.J. Brown, basically is what they said. So now you got to you got to muster up some courage and, and some moxie and, and some smarts and lead this team with who we have. And I'll tell you, you the proof is in the pudding when you put your you put your quarterback against the back burner to make the guys around him better. He does not do that. Everyone around him has to be better than him just so he can look better. And I think this is the game where the national media is going to basically crucify this guy once the Bills beat him. I am seeing this game as a complete blowout. It's going to be potentially a complete blowout if they can, if the defense can manage, right, the middle of the field. No Dinkin and Duncan, <laughs> you know, getting down the field that way. And stop Henry. That's it. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Um, the last time the Bills faced them, you just felt as though, like, man, Star Latula needs to wake up. Ed Oliver needs to wake up. But. <laughs> Guys, this defensive line is completely different now. Von Miller is not afraid of this guy. If they want to pull it to the left, go ahead. He's going to be there waiting for him. Gregory Rousseau most likely learned from that. But these guys on the edge are going to need 
guys in the middle to do their job and do it effectively. I think Daquan Jones is going to play with a chip on his shoulder. I think that, you know, Tennessee moving on from him after feeling as though he did work and he did really well basically made him feel like he wasn't good enough. And then Buffalo said, come to us. We need you because we know what you can do. <laughs> um, you know, it says a lot when this guy wasn't even on anyone's radar, so to speak. And then Buffalo goes out of their way to really get a guy that is hungry, still in the in the middle of his career. Um, he's ready to go. He's in his prime. <laughs> and, you know, for, for the Buffalo to get what they've gotten out of Daquan Jones thus far, not just, not just out of, you know, um, this first game, but just the preseason, everything that you've seen little by little, his, his schematically how he fits, <laughs> you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what he brings as far as preparation for this game because we're going to see it really quick. Tennessee's not going to care. They're going to say, we're going to run it. We know we don't have a guy to throw it off over. We're not, we don't have a guy to throw it over to the top. Um, we need to make this defensive line feel like they can't compete with us, which good luck with that. It's not going to happen. This, this team is ready. They are primed. This is the game that I think Buffalo really had circled. They want Tennessee. They want to open up at home. And this is going to be a big momentum shift for them. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining me on Buffalo, a Buffalo Women's Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Steve Vega. Um, guys, you'll be hearing me every single weekend before the games. Kind of a wonky little schedule for me because I've been on vacation. Guys, I'm going to leave it at this. Daniel Jones against Tennessee last week had 115.9 QBR We got Josh up. Go Bills. And to all the first responders and military out there, thank you for what you do for our country and our communities. Again, thank you for listening to